but what a gift that we have, that gift of faith in our lives that we can hear what the Lord would speak to the church. And so let me, let me try to deliver what God's given to me. Uh, uh, and I want to start this morning with where we ended last week. And uh, so we're going to start at the end. And uh, it's always a risk when somebody wants the microphone. Yeah. And depending on who it is, sometimes it's a real risk. But uh, closing the end of the service and, and uh, Angel said, can I say something? And um, if anybody knows, uh, you know, have been around here at all, and if you're new here, uh, the Kubas have been a huge part of our life and a, a part of this church. Uh, Joe and Shar have been a blessing to me uh, in, in the ministry here and, you know, have been alongside building the facility from the very beginning, you know, and just labored for the past 30 plus years with us. And as, as time goes on and, and uh, people grow old, you know what happens? Our bodies fail. Anybody experiencing any of that? You know, uh, if you're not and you're in your strength, man, revel in the day because eventually, <laughs> eventually it just, it's just, I'm telling you, it is God's design. And I realize it's because of the fall, but I, I, I'll, I'll put it all together in the end here. But I, I think growing older and our body becoming weaker is God's design for our spirit man to become more prominent. You say, well, but I'm, I, you know, uh, I don't like being, I don't like being weak. I, I, you know, I used to be much stronger than I am. I used to be able to jump off the back of a pickup. Now it's like, whoa, that's a long ways down there. You know, you take your time. <laughs> now I sit on the tailgate. Whatever. Wait till you get there. And, uh, but, but the idea of, of, uh, our spiritual man, if you are spiritually alive, and I'm going to tell you this, God love you, I, I'm, I, I have a responsibility to tell you the truth, right? Not everybody is spiritually alive, okay? What I would desire from uh, what I preached this morning is for you to pursue spiritual life, okay? I realize there's a lot of... of Things out there, religion out there. I still haven't got to the end, but I, I will. Remind me about Angel. Okay, so here we are. Uh, th there's a lot of things out there that they want you to be a better you. They want you to be, you know, there's religion. There's all kinds of philosophy, ideas, traditions. It's mixed in with, with Christianity that rob you of true spiritual life. And so uh, the idea of me being a better me... This better me that I'm going to try to be is going to go to the ground. But that spiritual man that's a brand new creation that, that exists because of the new birth, that, that part of me, that is me, that's eternal. This gigantic flesh that you see before you, in all its wisdom, you know, and all that we, you know, we... And I don't, God bless you, you know, do what you can. Get educated, exercise, do all of that stuff. But eventually this is going to fail. But if you're spiritually, 
spiritually alive, if you've experienced that new birth, that will never diminish in your life. So Angel gets up here, and her mom, my, my sweet sister Shar, who we have prayed countless hours with, been in di- so many different prayer meetings, and she was my secretary for almost 20 years, and just a blessing and, and a gift to the kingdom. And as, uh, you know, this age comes and she's just not as sharp and all of these things that she's suffering physically in her body. And the angel asked her to pray for her. And Shark was so frustrated because she couldn't get the words out to pray. An angel in, in her just a moment of clarity. She, she said, Mom, pray in the Spirit. And, and uh, when, when, it, when it, God, I wish I'd have been there. Shar begins to speak in other tongues and begins to just pour out and without anything diminished, without any hesitation, without any thought whatsoever because that spiritual being that's been alive in Christ is alive and well regardless what's going on in the flesh. And for 15 minutes, that woman just prayed powerful prayers. Why? Because her spirit is alive. Regardless what's going on in her flesh. So, I could say amen and let's pray, but let me put some more things to this. Listen, your flesh is going to give you trouble all the days of your life. It's going to embarrass you. It's going to condemn you. It's going to fail you. It's going to look sometimes really good to others and sometimes really bad. But I'm going to tell you what what will never fail. Is when you have given your heart, mind, soul, and strength to Jesus Christ. And you have allowed him to uh, uh, cause in you a new birth. Where your spirit is alive. That will never, that will never be condemned. That will never diminish. It'll never grow weak. It'll never grow weary. It is timeless and ageless. We sit here today limited by our flesh and, and all we know is our consciousness in this world. But if you would become spiritually alive, it would open up a world around us that's amazing. That really is eternal. The things that are unseen are eternal. What we see right now is temporary. And too many of our lives and too much of our, even our Christian pursuit is about making these days better. And I'm telling you, these days are destined to diminish in our life, a diminishing strength and ability and all of that, but that spiritual life that God wants to press you to press into. It's eternal. God, I love my sister Shar. And if, as you watch it, we go, ooh, you know, we, we get all tense and all that and, and worried. And, and uh, you know what we're worried about? We're worried about ourselves. What's going to happen when we have to go through that? You know, oh, boy, you know, we don't want to look at that. The reality of it is most of us here will have to. 
But I believe the glory of God will be revealed even in those days in our lives. That if you're spiritually alive, that it'll just, you'll just waiting and realizing that the very best for us is ahead of us. And it is. So, having said all that, let me get to what I was going to preach. And uh, listen to this. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 16. This is my prayer as as it was uh, Paul's prayer for Ephesus. He says, I pray that he may grant you I, I got to tell you, you, I don't know if we fully comprehend. So many of us think that we are in a spiritual place because, um, you know, we're good or whatever. We are where we are because he grants it to us. He grants it to us. He says, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the power in the inner man through His Spirit. To be strengthened with power in the inner man through His Spirit. That the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the width, the height, the depth of God's love and to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm going to tell you what, if I, I don't usually title these, I wait and let somebody else do it, but man, I, all the fullness of God, I want you to be filled with all the fullness of God. I, there's some people that are happy with just a little bit, but I'm telling you, God has done so much for us that why not take and receive, I should say, Everything that he has for us. Why would you leave anything on the table? If he's gifted it to us, you know what? I'm going to get it. Why? Because he wants me to have it. Well, I, I don't think I'm worthy to receive it. Don't be a knucklehead. Which one of us are worthy to receive one thing? Which one of us deserve any of this? It is by God's grace that he draws us. It is just because that's who he, it is because of his love that we know love. Let me, let me just uh, read this again. It says, I pray that you may, uh, you being rooted and firmly established in love. That's such a confusing word to so many. What, what, how, are, how am I to be firmly established, rooted, and firmly established in love? What, you know, most of us get our definition of love, unfortunately, from Hollywood. That's kind of perverse, don't you think? There's nothing about love that you see them pretending in movies. I know I cry at Hallmark movies too. Just confess it. Like, ooh, it, oh, it's, what a shocker. The man gets the girl in the end. It's amazing. Uh, you know, just the, the whole repeat of this, uh, just, I don't even know what the word is, but, but it's not real. 
Love is way more than a feeling. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm glad that there are emotions that are involved in a covenant relationship. And that's a very good thing. But there's sometimes there's emotions involved in a covenant relationship that aren't a good thing. But it doesn't mean that you're not in love or that you're not loving. So if we're rooted and, and, and firmly established in love, we need to know what the definition of that is, right? We need to know, you know, how does that happen for us or in, in us? Um, and I'm going to read from... 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 16. And, and this really is the definition. This is how uh, uh, I come to understand it in its fullness. It says, and this is how we come to know love. This is how we come to know that. If we're going to be firmly uh, rooted and established in love, then how are we going to know love? In 1 John 3.16, this is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. For some, again, uh, it's kind of a cute story in history of Jesus dying. But for those of us that know the reality of redemption, it's a story of love unlike any other. It, it, it is an amazing sacrifice that was made that I could literally be free. That somebody would step into my life personally and say, the debt that you owe, I will pay. Somebody that I did not even know. Somebody that I, I, I literally, I cursed him. I didn't know, I didn't know the difference, but, uh, you know, I'd use his name in vain, and that was really one of the first things that happened to me uh, kind of off on a tangent, when I began to be drawn of God, when I would say Jesus in a curse, I'd stop and say, why did I just do that? Why, why would I, why would I, what has he ever done against me? Why would I just speak his name out? So I, I you know, it took me a while, but eventually it was like, oh, uh, I, I wouldn't do that anymore. I'd say every other cuss word. But I wouldn't say Jesus. And uh, what happened is that progressive revelation of who he is. I, and I really didn't know it. And, and, and finally when, when I, the gospel was preached to me and I realized uh, that drawing of him and my faith got connected. And I knelt before him and I gave my life to him. I still didn't re realize the fullness of his love for me. I didn't realize the, the incredible power of the cross, the absolute liberty that he purchased. But as that revelation, that progressive revelation uh, dawns upon us, what I've come to know is the love of God is amazing. Uh, the sacrifice that he, he gives. And uh, we can say that we love God, but if we're not loving one another... Again, how many of you believe the Bible's true? Okay, that's what it says. You say you love God, but if you're not loving one another, and I'm, I, I realize we live in a time, there's some people that say, well, I'm just going to love my family. Well, go ahead, do that, but sinners do that. You're no different. 
But when you give to somebody that, that may, well, but there, there are a bunch of takers out there. Yeah, you're one of them. Right? Well, no, I, I give. Let me tell you something. What you have in Christ, you did not earn. He gifted it to you. And that's how I know love. And most of the time, love and relationship, there's this exchange of what can you do for me and I'll give to you, you give to me, I'll give to you. And Jesus said, I'm just going to give to you. Because that's love. And he says, because I've given to you, and, and that's how we know, uh, uh, this is how we know we have come, uh, this is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for the brothers. If I'm going to give to you, I'm just going to give to you. If I'm going to, if I'm going to just, if I'm really going to love, it's not going to be, I'm going to love and then you owe me. I'm going to love you and then I'm going to use your account and a Curtis. I, I, you know, I'm going to, you know, you're going to come around and I expect you to get me out of a ticket. You know, I'll, I'll, I, you know. The idea of just what he did for us, that absolute expression of, of love is, is something that is not, <laughs> this flesh has a hard time comprehending, but again, when you experience that spiritual birth and that new creation, it is absolutely possible. Say, oh, God's asking us to do the impossible. No, he's not. But it is impossible with our flesh. So, let me, let me read you another one here. And again, with the understanding, for you to be filled with all the fullness of God is for you to be spiritually alive. For you to love like God has loved us, you cannot do that without being spiritually alive. It is absolutely essential for you to be filled with His Spirit when John, uh, or in the Gospel of John, when uh, Jesus comes, to, or Nicodemus comes to Jesus in John chapter 3, and, and that discourse is going on about the new birth, and Jesus answered in John chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6, he says, I assure you, unless someone is born of the water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. You're, uh, you're not, um, well, who knows, but uh, to say there are two parts of me, there's a spirit of flesh. Um, it's not schizophrenia, it's not bipolar, it just is the, the creative order in my life. There's a spiritual part of me that... That, that will live eternally. There's a flesh that knows its time's limited, wants to get everything it can while it can, but it's going to the ground. And, and uh, Jesus declared in Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. And then I believe in John chapter 3 and 5, he uh, expounds on the new birth. Unless a man is born of the water and spirit, it is this preacher's belief that water baptism is not an outward sign of an inward work, but it is a spiritual operation that takes place when the name of Jesus is called over you. And it literally is the circumcision 
of Christ. I'm not making that up. I can show you the book. If you have not been baptized, say, what is circumcision? Circumcision was the Old Testament sign for somebody that was under the covenant of the law. Circumcision was a requirement. Say, well, are you telling me baptism is required? Are you telling me I'm not saved without baptism? I'm going to tell you uh, what Jesus told me to preach. What he said was, go baptize. Didn't he? That's what he said. And what I believe is part of that water and spirit, that water baptism is, is, is the symbolic or, uh, or literal watery grave. We are buried with Christ in baptism. That's what the Bible says. Romans chapter 6. And you know what happens when we're buried with Christ in baptism? It says the body of sin is destroyed. Romans chapter 6, 1 through 6. Read it. Not making it up. How many of you like the body of sin to be destroyed? There's a difference. Listen. I, I'm just elementary. Uh, uh, we let you bring coffee in here, right? Anybody ever spill coffee on our carpet? Confess. Okay, there he is right there. You know what he did? Clint come and said, Pastor, I spilled coffee. I'm sorry. You know what I said? Okay, I forgive you. No, I said, clean it up, you bum. No. But you know what? You can be sorry for sin, but the stain is still there until somehow it's cleaned up. Well, does Jesus forgive me when I say I'm sorry? Yes. But I'm telling you what you need, what needs to happen for you, for you to be spiritually alive, for you to experience the fullness of God is for the body of sin to be destroyed. That's what needs to happen. It literally is destroyed. What? Past, present, future because of the blood of Jesus and the power of His name and the spiritual operation of baptism. Bam! Now, just disclaimer, we do not baptize infants. We don't. Other, well, they do. They're baptized into a religion. They're baptizing them into a religion. What we want to do for you is to baptize you into Christ. Totally different. And if you're going to be baptized into Christ, you know what the greatest thing about that is? It needs to be your choice. It needs to be your choice. That's why I don't, I don't recommend baptizing children very young. Or if you've been baptized very young and you don't think you made a choice, then let's do it again. That's what I say. But the idea of it not being, when you choose, there is power in your choice. And why are you telling me all this? You're, you know, you're, because you can think, you know, some of you may not know me. I want you to be filled with everything Jesus has. I want you to live in the fullness that God has for you. Whether you ever step foot back in this assembly again or not. God has a plan and a purpose for you. 
He, he knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He has, he has paid an incredible price for you to experience His fullness. And for you to leave anything on the table is a crime. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's an insult to what God has provided when you don't partake of what He's gifted. Is that harsh? Okay, let me say it again. It's an insult. Don't do that to Him. And I'm going to tell you, if you do, if you leave stuff on the table, man, ah, I just, let me just say it this. Wait till you see me over there. I, I'm, I absolutely, you can't, but you can't be that certain. I am. I, you know, I, I used to read where Paul said, I fought a good fight, I kept the faith, henceforth there's a crown. I'm like, wow, you, you're bold. And you know what? I know, I know what God has provided for me, what he's gifted to me. It's not because uh, I'm better than anybody else, but I have absolutely determined not to leave anything undone. And I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to pursue it. I, I'm, not, I'm not in this thing until I retire. I'm in this thing until I leave this earth. It's like, well, are you ever going to retire from the ministry? Yeah, when I quit breathing. It doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, be preaching all the time. <laughs> it might. No. No, I don't know that I'd do that to you. But at some point, but, I, but the ministry never stops in our lives. Why? Because the spiritual man is never diminished. The ministry of Shar, that prayer meeting that just happened, that was as powerful as any prayer meeting she'd ever been in. I believe that because of that spiritual life. So, so uh, that, that, there it is. If you have not been baptized, come on. I'm going to say it again. Just do it. If you need some more understanding, I don't want you to just do it because I say so. Gain some understanding. We'll teach a Bible study. We'll do what we need. And then you go down in a watery grave and watch liberty. How many have been baptized in Jesus' name and felt that absolute freedom that comes from the body of, from the body of sin being destroyed, the very things that um, uh, uh, just, you know, brought me low. They didn't exist anymore. The enemy would come and say, you remember with this? And I said, no, that's under the blood. Yeah, but you were guilty here, not anymore. Why? Because Jesus, I know love because he, while I was a sinner, he died for me. That's amazing. That's amazing. I won't tell you what, that's something to shout about. If you, you're talking about shouting unto God with a voice of triumph, what has God given me to shout about? Oh, my God, man. All right, and I'm wrapping this up, maybe. We, we should do that. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers. If we're going to receive the love of God, then that's the way it needs, it needs to flow from us. That's what makes the difference between a religious organization and the church. And I'm talking about the body of Christ. And I want to be a part of the body of Christ. So, he says, I have, and this is Colossians chapter 1. He says, I have become uh, its servant according to God's administration. 
uh, that was given to me for you to make God's message what? Fully known. Do you want it? You want bits and pieces of it? No, I want I want it all. You, you, you satisfied with you know with the appetizers or just the desserts? That is really unhealthy. Right? Every once in a while you need some kale. <laughs> they're, they're just they're, all the fullness. If, if Here's what he says. I become its servant according to God's administration that was given to me for you to make God's message fully known. So here's the deal. If you think that you fully know everything that God has, you're going to miss out. All right? If there is one thing I know that is I have not yet gotten all. I realize if my time was now, there's a cry. I know the, the, you know the favor of God. I know his blessings. I know his love. All of those things. And, but, but I'm telling you, well, I'm yet here on this earth. Uh, uh, Paul says, he says, uh, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, I press. There's that constant reaching. And, and you know, I'm not here to make you feel less than, I'm, you know, or the preaching this morning is like, well, I'm missing something. I'm going to tell you what, I am missing something that God will reveal in the days and weeks and months and years in my life. That's just the nature of, of growing in His grace and being sanctified, right? So if, this, if any of this is revelation to you, don't just reject it. Don't just say, well, I don't need that. How do you? If it's in the book, do you think you need it? Yeah. And so, so don't just let, well, well, but that's not the way I heard it here and the way I heard it there. Come on, let's be, the Bible says, be like the Bereans. They got together and they saw and they studied and said whether these things be so, whether they're true or not. So here's what it says in Colossians. He says, I've become a servant according to God's administration that was given to me for you to make God's message fully known. The mystery hidden from ages and generations but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. A, 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 a message that was a mystery for ages. Prophets prophesied about it. Uh, the, the reality of it is, is now angels desire to look into it. But when you're talking about that brand, that that new birth, that water and spirit birth, the, the spirit part of that is Christ literally residing in you. Being filled with the spirit is, is a, again, I'm convinced it is a supernatural experience. If you are here today, God love you, uh, and, and you've made a confession of faith, that's a great place to be. That is absolutely essential. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But if you believe that's the fullness that God has for you, you're missing something. I'm asking you to press a little. 
I'm asking you to reach out a little. I'm asking you to, to weigh down God a little bit. I'm asking you to, to find out if there's more that he has. How many believe God has more for you? God, I want to press. I want to know what it is. So here, if this has not happened to you, for you, being filled with all the fullness of God, being filled with that mystery that's been hid from ages and generations, which is Christ in you. Think about this. The Spirit of God dwelling in you. Do you think you'd notice? Do you think it would be like, you know, somebody said, well, how long have, have you been filled with the Spirit? Um, I can tell you exactly where I was when it happened. 40 plus years ago. The exact spot. Why? Because it was absolutely life-altering. I literally went from just wandering whatever to being having Christ in me. And it was like, whoa. Oh, well, Christ in you? Ah, ho-hum. Didn't happen. Well, not a big deal. Well, no, no, no. Honestly, you're talking about the, 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 the spirit of cre- the creator dwelling in our mortal bodies. It, it, it brings about, does it bring about a change? And say, well, well, you know, I thought when I believed I was filled with the spirit. Now, that happens. That does happen. But there's also some of you that have believed that have not yet been filled with the Spirit because I can take you right to the book of Acts where there were believers and, and, and uh, I think whatever, whoever was, one of the apostles says, hey, have, have you received the, the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, no, no, I haven't heard. Don't, don't know what that's about. And... Uh, he goes on asking, asking how they were baptized. They said, well, we're baptized into John's baptism. Long story short, uh, Peter baptizes them, and they're filled with the Spirit right there, speaking in other tongues. Hey, do you have to speak in tongues? You get to speak in tongues. Do I have to do that? What do you mean, do you have to? Do you think I'm asking you this? If something so spiritually enlightening and powerful is speaking in other tongues. You know what happens when you speak in other tongues? And I'm almost done. Romans chapter 8, listen to this. In verse number 26, I don't even know if I gave it to you. It says, in the same way, the Spirit also joins to help in our weaknesses because we do not know what to pray for as we should. Char. But the Spirit itself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. Okay, so I'm his favorite, and I get to speak in other tongues, and I get to speak, you know, the Spirit, because I don't know how to pray, but I get to do that, but you don't. What do you think? No. Do, do you do that? You know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say it like Paul. I speak in tongues all the time. I'm glad I speak in tongues more than anybody. And I'm not bragging. And maybe you speak in tongues more than me. It doesn't matter. I do know I'm his favorite. Do you know that? How many believe I'm his favorite? Exactly. Because God being infinite, we we can have a favorite. He can have 
every one of us be his favorite. Because God is no respecter of person. You say, oh, wow, preacher, he favors you. Look at what you've done. Look what you do. No, he does. He, I know he favors me. I know I'm his favorite. But I also know that so are you. And I'm here to tell you, as his favorite, he's not going to do something for me. I know there's various gifts, but I'm telling you something so spiritually powerful and useful as just that groanings that cannot be uttered. That the Spirit helps your weaknesses. Man, it is for everyone. I believe it with all my heart. It's for all of us. So, well, I've never received it. Well, have you ever tarried long enough? Have you ever asked him for it? He said, man, if you ask bread to your father, they won't give you a, a scorpion or a snake. He said, uh, if you ask your heavenly father for the spirit... That, that was Jesus speaking. You remember, when, and this was 40 years ago, plus. When I come home, and I was in the Navy, and God filled me with the Spirit, and I was talking about speaking in other tongues, and somebody said, you got the devil. I said, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that tongue-talking stuff, it's of the devil. I'm like, okay. You, you got to me too late. Because being filled with the Spirit just has turned my life around. And, and, and so it, it became this big controversy years and years ago, and it's not so much anymore. But the question is, is you know, does everybody have to do it? It's not that you have to, it's you get to. If you're, if you're in prayer and you don't know what to pray, you ever have the Spirit uh, just... Uh, wordless groanings come out of you and, and, and know that you're accomplishing something spiritually. Come on. What happens? That's, that is just a powerful thing that God not only will do and can do, but he wants to. How many want to walk in all the fullness? So here's, what, here's what's going to happen today. All right. So we're going to go usually... We have an altar call, and then we dismiss and all that. Today, we're, we just have an extended time. We're going to put on, right now, no, no band. We're going to put on some music, and we're just going to worship together. And we're going to pray, and we're going to tarry. And uh, it'd be a good time if you've never asked God just for, for some time. And we'll, we'll, I don't know how long we're going, but you go as long as you need to go and want to go. And when you're dismissed, this is you can be dismissed right now. But the idea... If you want the fullness of God, come on, how many want the fullness of God? Then, then that's why it, it, there's that constant pursuit, that constant pursuit of Jesus, I want more of you. And so as we go into this time of worship and the music begins to play, you don't even have to stand this time. You can, you can just worship. If you are in need of a healing, do you know something? I believe him. When he said that we would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. I believe him. That gifts in this house, if you have a need of healing before you leave, tap me on the shoulder. Tap Jeannie on the shoulder. Somebody that you know is gifted and, and, and let us pray for you. Come up here and let us pray for you. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you know what? Just ask him this morning. So I, I don't even know what to say. Well, first of all, you say, Jesus, I believe you. I believe you died for me. 
What? I, I know love because that is love. Unbelievable love. And I'm going to accept that sacrifice that you made. And, and, and today, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the cross. If there's a reason to shout, I have a reason. Knowing your loving kindness. But Lord, I, I just know that I want to be filled with all your fullness. God, I open my spirit to yours. I open my spirit to yours this morning. Do what you will. God, lead me and guide me into your truth in all of it. God, I'm asking you, continue to lead me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.